I'm going to get back to First Samuel. Hallelujah. Chapter 15. God's so good. God's so good. I thank God for just what I feel here. We can be strengthened. We can be ministered to. We can be helped. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. First Samuel 15. Lord, we love you. Thank you for your presence here tonight. Thank you, Lord, for, Lord, just, God, your spirit, your, your, your kindness to us, your mercy to us, God. We, we don't deserve a bit of it, but you just load us with benefits, with blessings, and we thank you for it, Lord. We are, Lord, so blessed, and we thank you for your word, Lord. It's, Lord, the richness of this word, the wisdom of this word, the righteousness, the purity of this word, Lord, we thank you for it. Feed us with it, God. And Lord, just put it in our hearts and our and our and our minds and in our lives, God, that we would, Lord, learn and be doers of your word. Have your way, God, we pray. Lord, we love you, we give you the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm just going to read this one verse from 1 Samuel 15 and verse 17. And Samuel said, When thou wast little in thine own sight, wast thou not made the head of the tribes of Israel? And the Lord anointed thee king over Israel. God bless you. You can be seated. Uh, a couple weeks back we talked about Samuel, the, the prophet of God that was judging and leading and teaching Israel at this time. And God had His hand upon Samuel. Samuel was a, 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 a great man that, that brought the people of God to a place of repentance, a place of dedication to God. He was a man we had spent some time talking about, how his, his words were were serious to him. They meant something to Samuel. He didn't just open his mouth and say any old thing. And God took notice of that. God used Samuel. There was a special relationship that God had with Samuel and his leadership. But the people of God in that day, they, they looked at the nations around them. And, uh, oh, be careful, church. Be careful when you start comparing yourself to the, to the world. We are to be that peculiar treasure. They ought to see something that we have. It's so, so, so great. In this dark day when everything is, seems like it's pulling you down, it's, it's your time to shine for Jesus. Amen. Don't allow that to infect your spirit, but stand and, and, and give God glory in every situation. Circumstances are hurtful. Circumstances so often can, can, can weigh on you. But get another dose of the Holy Ghost. Get in the presence of God and let the power of God shine through you. Even in that dark time, that's when you're going to shine the, the brightest. Amen. Hallelujah. God's got a plan for us even in this last day. God's got a plan for us, but, 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 God, help us if we try to water down what God has given us and try so hard to, to fit into this world when we need to be saying, you need, you need what I have. 
Oh, I, I don't get tired of telling you how it blesses me that that uh, Paul had something so amazing that he could stand before the, the leadership, the royalty of that day in chains and say, you know something? I wish you had what I have. Not these chains, but I want you to have the freedom that I have in my heart, the joy that I have that you can't take away. Amen. No matter what you lay on me, I still am going to rejoice in God. Samuel was a man of God, but the people of God who had backsliding in their hearts, and, and they said, Samuel, we want a king. We want to be like these other nations. And, and uh, God allowed it. The Bible, we, we talked about how Samuel cried unto God. Samuel felt that, that he had been rejected, and God had to tell him, no, no, this isn't about you. You were doing my will. Hear what I'm saying. You were doing this for me. So that rejection isn't about you. It's about the one who called you to do it. He said, they're not rejecting you. They're rejecting me. So often, we're all we want to do is love people with the love of God. All we want to do is minister to people with the heart of God. Hey, that's God working through you. Amen. And they hated him. They, they despised him. They crucified him. Amen. Because of their, their unrighteous ways, their worldly ways. And, and Samuel, God said, Samuel, they haven't rejected you. They rejected me. So God called Samuel, said, I want you to go ahead and anoint a king. I want you to go ahead and, uh, and, and go out there and find... Find this king that I'm going to I'm going to choose, and you're going to you're going to anoint him. And God led Samuel to a man named Saul. Saul was well physically he was a big man. He was taller, head and shoulders than anybody else around. He was a he stood out in the crowd, but he was a humble man. What you'll see. And uh, if you turn back a few pages, if you still have 1 Samuel open, if you go back to 1 Samuel 10, when Samuel comes into the town, he tells the people that God has chosen a leader. God's chosen a king for you, and uh, we're going to go anoint him today. And when it comes down to him bringing Saul out because he had already talked to Saul. He had already, uh, Saul had already encountered not only the Samuel, but that, that anointing oil. And, and now it was going to be made public. And he goes into town, and they're trying to find uh, Saul. And it says in 1 Samuel 10.22, Therefore they inquired of the Lord further, if the man should yet come thither. And the Lord answered, Behold... He hath hid himself among the stuff. <laughs> so, Saul, it's almost a, a, a funny kind of picture that it places in your mind because he's a large man. But he's hiding out. He, God's calling him to, to be the leader. And he's not looking to say, hey, I know who he's going to call. It's me. Yeah, everybody, get ready. It's, this is all about me, and I'm already right up there ready to, to get that anointing, to get that, 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 that recognition. But no, he was hiding amongst the stuff, it says. He was not willing to, to set himself out there and, and, uh, and, uh, and push himself forward. But he, uh, he held back and, and hid himself. But God anointed him. One of the first things you'll see in Saul's life as he is a king and he's just kind of establishing, he's, 
you can see it's got to be God. See, God will give you the heart you need. See, whatever, whatever he, he wants you to do, He's going to put that anointing on you. Uh, there's so many times, there's so many times, I'm sure some of you understand this, but so many times I, I can sit by myself and think about uh, whatever it might be, being a pastor, being a, being a, to preach the word, and, and I think, how, how is that going to happen, even after all this time? But it's God. It's God. God's going to use you. God's going to help you. It doesn't matter what your personality is. It doesn't matter what your weaknesses are. All the things that we look in the mirror and let the devil just beat us up over. Can I tell you, God anoints. God equips. Amen. He, he enables us. Praise God. The Bible tells us very clearly how he will, he will give us, praise God, even the words to speak. He was telling them uh, in, in, in that day, Jesus was walking with his disciples saying, man, they're going to throw you in prison. They're going to th- bring you before courts and magistrates. He said, don't think about what you're going to say. Just let me be that, those words in your mouth. Let me give you in that hour what I'm going to say in you. See, God's going to be with you. You don't have to be afraid. You don't have to worry about all that. God's going to walk with you and God's going to be with you. And so you can see Saul in himself is very humble. He's very weak in himself. He's not kind of looking himself at himself as, as the leader that God's called him to be. But there arises a situation. There arises a, a, a battle. And sometimes I know we... Uh, we all pray that battles go away. But sometimes God allows some things to come up. Amen? He has a plan even in that challenge. He has a plan even in that difficulty. And in this battle, there was a nation that was coming against a town in Israel called Jabesh Gilead. It was a town that didn't seem really that important to a lot of people, was not a large city, but uh, the, the, this nation comes against them. They're going to try to reclaim this town for their own that they lost many years prior. And they said uh, they come against them with force. And the men of Jabesh Gilead say, you know what, uh, we can see what's going to happen here. Why don't we come to an agreement? We can't beat you in a battle, but can we make some kind of treaty that uh, you won't come in and destroy us? And they said, well, I'll tell you what our treaty is. We won't destroy you. You can be our servants if by uh, this certain time you'll all give us one of your eyes. And they said, can we think about it? And news gets back to Saul. And The Spirit of God moves on Saul. See, God will set things in your life. He will bring things together that that you're looking at saying, Oh, please go a different way. Please don't be, please don't. But God's got a plan in it. God's got a purpose in it. Amen. And when this all comes down, all of a sudden, this man who is hiding amongst the stuff, the Spirit of God comes on him. Some boldness that was, didn't belong to Saul. Some, some anointing that really wasn't his character. It wasn't his personality. But it was the Spirit of the Lord that came upon Saul and made him a new man. 
Amen. And all of a sudden, he gets so bold, and he gets a, a, a set of oxen, a yoke of oxen, and he cuts them up into pieces. And he sends that out in the land and says, anybody who doesn't follow me as the commander-in-chief of your army, as your king, in the battle against these folks that are threatening our people, that's what's going to happen to your oxen. Hey, who's going to follow the leader? Amen. And what you're seeing is, at the very beginning of Saul's uh, leadership, he's looking out for the little guy. He's defending someone who is defenseless. These are all attributes. This humility. Not only this humility, but this ability to see that, hey, they, they're helpless. They need that help. Amen. And all along, can I tell you, there were sons of Belial during this, saying, who are, who are you to lead us? Who do you think you are? And, you know, he was just going to keep on doing God's will. Right. Amen. Who, so, so you see Saul starting out humble. You see him starting out where he's looking out for the little guy. You see him. This, these are qualities of, of ministry, of, of Christian leadership. You remember what Jesus said? You want to be great in the kingdom of God? Be like this child. Be a servant. Amen. Don't try to push yourself forward. Don't try to lift yourself up. But use the gifts that God puts in you to bless those that need the help. Amen. Not to try to position yourself to, to have a reputation of greatness, but serve those that, that, are, that, that are helpless. Help those that are needy. Amen. That's the heart of Jesus. But after two years of being the king, chapter 13, Samuel says that he's going to meet with Saul and to perform a sacrifice unto God. And they're getting ready to go into battle. They want to pray. They want to, they want to honor God before they go into this battle. And Samuel says, I'll be there at a certain time. The Bible doesn't tell us why. But listen, church, not everything goes the way we think it should go sometimes. And the Bible says Samuel was late to this offering, this prayer, this sacrifice. Well, praise God. Let me tell you, if you haven't already figured it out, when you go to do something for God, it's not always just going to go according to plan. Amen. There's going to be situations. There's going to be problems. There's never a situation, not in your Bibles, and certainly not in uh, our day today, where everything that you feel like God has got to do something is ideal. You're going to meet some challenges. And for whatever the reason was, Samuel didn't show up on the appointed time. So what Saul does is he decides that he can go ahead and offer the offering. That wasn't his place. He was a king, and he had an important place, but he was now stepping out of his place. Look what it says here in 1 Samuel 13, verse 9. Saul said, Bring hither a burnt offering to me and peace offerings, and he offered the burnt offering. That was uh, Samuel's position. Verse 10. came to pass that as soon as he had made an end of the offering... Of burnt offering the burnt offering. Behold, Samuel came. Saul went out to meet him that he might salute him. Samuel said, What hast thou done? Help us, God. Saul said, Because I saw the 
people were scattered from me. So Saul, in the midst of a situation, if you will, a challenge, praise God, no matter how difficult it might get for you, stay in line with God's will. Stay in line with His Word and, and, and don't veer from that. No matter, sometimes it can be challenging. Sometimes people aren't going to understand. But stay with God. Samuel says, what have you done? And Saul makes the excuse and says, well, I was worried about people and I was worried about what they were going to think about me in this. They were being scattered from me. God's going to, be, God's going to take care of things. You don't have to panic. And that thou camest not within the days appointed, and that the Philistines gathered themselves together at Michmash. And therefore said I, the Philistines will come down upon me to Gilgal, and I have not made supplication unto the Lord. I forced myself. He's got all the, the words of a child caught with his hand in the cookie jar. You know, I was worried about them. I had really good intentions, and I, I really didn't want to, but I forced myself. Mm-hmm. Wow, you know, you rarely have people that can say, "Yeah, I sure blew it." Boy, I was I dumb. I shouldn't have never done that. I don't. I don't know what I was thinking. I'm so sorry. But no, he's. You know, Saul's good at these excuses. It seems. Uh, I forced myself, therefore, and offered a burnt offering. Samuel said to Saul, "Thou hast done foolishly. Thou hast not kept the commandment of the Lord, thy God, and which is commanded thee." For now would God have established thy kingdom upon Israel forever. I don't want to spend a lot of time with this, but what a powerful statement there. I think it kind of goes a little bit in line with what Sister Carmen was saying. Because sometimes opportunities come that God's got His will. Apparently God had a plan that in that offering there was going to be a greater direction in in Saul's life that you just follow along even though even though everything's not ideal you stay on the course and don't don't go to the left or right and and, and I'm going to bring a a promise to establish your kingdom forever but but he veered and missed that how often do we miss the things of God because we just think ah oh, this will be you know I know it's not the right thing but it's it's close it's kind of it should be all right hey stay with God's plan because this was also what happens later on in chapter 13, in, uh, in uh, praise God, later on with, with Amalek in chapter 15, rather. See, later on, God has a plan. See, God, many times there is a situation, whether it's with a person or whether it's with a nation in the Old Testament, how... How they, they rebel against God or somehow mistreat God's people. And God gives them a space to repent. God's so merciful that way. And Amalek, this nation, was kind of like that. That they, they did some, some, some awful cruelty to the people of God. And, and God didn't just rain fire down on them at that time. But later on, God speaks to Saul here in this chapter and says, Saul... I want you to fulfill my judgment against the Amalekites. And I want you to, to finish this work for whatever purpose or reason God gives them a space of time. But he tells Saul, this is my plan. I want you to destroy them. And again, in a similar situation, it's not that 
Saul said, absolutely not. I'll do my own thing my own way. I completely reject the commandment of God. He doesn't do that. But he just kind of gets creative with what God says to tell him to do. He just says, you know what, I'll do most of it. I'll do part of it. But in my mind, I've got an idea that maybe we just don't have to do it quite that way. Is God going to be Lord in your life or isn't he? Is God's, can God's will supersede your will? Can you be able to say, you know what, I don't know any better than you do, God. I need you to guide me. I need you to lead me. I'm not, people tell me all the time, it's so hard for me to figure this out. Trust God. I've say, I say it and then I hear somebody say it again. Oh, I just, I don't understand. Lean not unto your own understanding. I'm worried if you do understand it because you probably don't. Oh, I got it all figured out. Oh, the infinite mind of God, you got that down? You know God's perfect plan? Hey, if you're telling me you got it figured out that you need to just trust God, then I believe you. But our search circumstances, our situations, there's so much more going on than what you even know when you think you see it from every angle. God's got a plan and you can trust Him. God's got a plan and you can rely on Him. And that plan is not contingent on you understanding everything. Because something is beyond your control, all of a sudden you feel like you've got to lose your mind rather than say, oh, it's okay, God's in control. God's taking care of me. Amen. Aren't you glad He's taking care of you? Amen. You don't have to understand it all. So the Bible says that Samuel comes back after the battle. We've talked about this recently. I won't spend a lot of time on it. And Saul again greets Samuel. Just, hey, I just want to salute you and say hi. Everything's going great. And Samuel knows it's not right. Have you obeyed God? Did you obey the commandment of God? I sure did. You destroyed the Amalekites, all their livestock. Why do I hear livestock? Why do I hear... Why do I hear cattle and sheep in the background here? What is all? Well, we, 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 we destroyed a lot of them. Don't, you know, calm down. But, you know, we saved the best so we can sacrifice that to God. Is that what God wanted? Is that what God? Your great idea to say, okay, God, you said this, but I'm going to, I've got something better in mind than what you said? Oh, how silly. How foolish. We left the best, we left the king alive, but we got this. Everything's fine. This is when our, uh, our text that we read in 1 Samuel fifteen seventeen. 17, uh, this is the context of that. Samuel tells him that to obey is better than sacrifice. God, rather you just obey him than disobey him and say, I did it for your glory. No. 1 Samuel 15, verse 17 says, when, Samuel said, when thou was little in thine own sight. He said, your rebellion is like witchcraft. Your stubbornness is like iniquity and idolatry. Stubbornness and rebellion are not small things with God. Amen. It, 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 he wants us to humble ourselves and let Him be God. Samuel says, when you were little... To hear this now. When you were little in your own sight, wast thou not made head over the tribes of Israel, the Lord anointed thee king over Israel. I want to just take a little bit of time and talk about pride. 
Pride's not just about those rich folks out there. Those movie stars. Politicians. People full of themselves. Pride is how the devil tries to slither into our hearts. Into our minds. Amen. Pride. Where we feel like we're above. The will of God, the Word of God, that we can set the course for our lives, and God's going to follow us. We start saying, hey, this is what I prefer. This is what I want. Amen? And I'm not, I'm not, I, I'm not spending a lot of time praying about it and laying it down at an altar. I'm not spending a lot of time trying to get godly counsel. Oh, no, nobody knows what, 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 what I really feel like I, I want to happen, and God's going to... God, God wants you to... Humble yourself and obey Him. Amen? Well, praise God. It's difficult. We, we, we talked about it a little bit Sunday night about yielding to God, being sensitive to the Spirit. Being sensitive. You can't be sensitive to the Spirit with pride in your life. Because to be sensitive to God, there's going to be a lot of times you're thinking, oh, God's going to lead me to... To, to minister, to perform a miracle, to, to, to cast out a devil, to, to pray and, and see somebody healed. Oh, I believe it and I pray God do more and more of it through you. But listen to me. Many, many times God's going to speak into your spirit something to tell you to, to turn away from sin. To be careful in areas of your life. To try to Try to, to, to look at your life and make a sacrifice and say, you know, I know this is what you want, but I've got something better for you. Amen. There's a lot of times the Spirit of God is going to contradict your flesh. You're, you're not. You're not going to hear. You may have uh, some kind of, uh, of, of popularity among people. People might look at you like you have some kind of gift. from, And I believe God will gift you. And God has a plan for you. But when you, when it becomes more about you and less about God's Spirit, see, God God will correct you. God will, God will dig into your heart and, and perfect you. He loves you. See, see you, you don't have to be afraid of it. When He's God and, and you know your flesh is, is your enemy. Amen. When God corrects you, thank you, Jesus. That would have been a mess. Amen. Thank you, Lord. I don't want my words to cause somebody to stumble. I don't want my actions to, to, to cause somebody to turn away from you. And, and He'll correct you. But He loves you. Amen. He'll convict you. But pride will will cause you to stand against correction, stand against conviction, cause you to... You see it throughout the Word of God. You know prophets and uh, the, the messengers of God throughout, throughout God's Word. They were hated because of pride. We don't want to hear repentance. We want to hear how blessed we're going to be. Hey, God is going to bless you. But not until you turn away from sin. God wants to bless you. I don't have a sad story of his child of God, but there's going to be some, some roads you're going to have to walk that are going to be difficult. There's going to be some challenges, some tests you're going to face that aren't going to be easy. Amen. 
You've got to be able to be sensitive to the Spirit when He leads you in those places sometimes you don't want to go. Amen. Sometimes God just... God, whether you think so or not, might have a bit of a sense of humor. say, I'll, I'll do anything for God, but I, I sure don't want to do this. He say, guess where we're starting? Guess, guess what I have in mind. Amen. You, you know, uh, God, God just knows how to get down to, 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 to get our flesh on the altar and, and, and crucified. Amen. Hallelujah. Pride will keep you from being able to be sensitive to God. You can be religious. You can have all kind of good intentions. You can see uh, in all this, you know, remember, we're going to talk about David in a little bit. David and his sin. There's no question about it, right? Adultery. Murder. Right? To cover up his adultery. Look at Saul. Saul performed a sacrifice unto God. But it wasn't his place. Saul destroyed most of the Amalekites. But said, I'm going to keep some of them to honor to God. Samuel said, God's taken this kingdom out of your hands and going to give it to a man after his own heart. Amen. Look what it says uh, in chapter 13 again. If you can't be convicted, if you can't be corrected, that's pride. How arrogant is it? How proud is it to think that here we are in this flesh, here we are in this world, just wanting to do the will of God, and God can't just say, hey, here's how you could do a little better. Amen. God help folks come into the house of God with a hard heart, with a heart that cannot be challenged, convicted, and brought to a place of repentance. You ought to be able to say, you know what, God's been working on me. God's been trying to help me. God's been dealing with me. But so often we come to church and we see everybody else and what they need. That's pride. Amen. Help search me, God. Be merciful to me, God. Look what it says in 1 Samuel 13. Verse 13. Samuel said to Saul, Thou hast done foolishly. Thou hast not kept the commandment of the Lord thy God which he commanded thee, for now would the Lord have established thy kingdom upon Israel forever. But now thy kingdom shall not continue. The Lord hath sought him a man after his own heart. And the Lord hath commanded him to be captain over his people, because thou hast not kept that which the Lord commanded thee. I want to talk to you about pride again, about another aspect of pride. Now... God says, I'm taking this from you. And I'm going to find a man named David, a man after my own heart. Now, God anointed David. God was working through David. God, God loved David. And David loved the kingdom of God. David served Saul faithfully. But listen to this now. Because of Saul's pride, the Spirit of God was taken from Saul and an evil spirit was sent to him. Amen? And now, here is a faithful man that loves God, that loves God's kingdom. And what does Saul think about him? I hate him. I'm going to destroy him. 
I'm going to throw a javelin at him, try to nail him, tack him to the wall. And I'm going to run him from his home. I'm going to chase him in the wilderness. I'm going to try to find him in the caves. Amen. What did David ever do? People would come to Saul and say, what has he done? His own son, Jonathan, would come to Saul, King Saul, and say, what has David done to you? He's faithful. There's nobody more faithful. But he envied him. His pride kept him from being able to rejoice when his brother is being used. Amen. Pride will give you such a self-centered view, such a narcissistic arrogance that when somebody else is blessed, it becomes a threat to you. Somebody else is being used. It becomes a threat to you. You can't be excited about what God is doing in his body because you're more focused on yourself. Pride won't let you get excited about your brother's blessing. Pride won't let you cheer somebody else on and try to get encourage them to get victory because it's all about your victory. Pride doesn't want to see somebody who's struggling and maybe just learning, grow and learn in that and do great. Amen. Because what about me and what people think about? Hey, that's pride. God resists the proud. Pride is, it's at the heart of so much church trouble. So much contention. So much of the the, the infighting, so much of the distractions from what we don't have nearly enough time to be focused on with this world that is dark and lost, this world that needs Jesus, families that need God, children and, and that need to see a revival in the house of God. And when we are so proudly worried about our own will, what we think, what we want, hey, it's time to crucify all that. Saul was willing to, to try to murder David. Like I said, David would just come in and play his music, play his harp, and try to bring peace to this man who was in so much turmoil. And he gets so stirred up, angry. Angry at what? Angry again. Same thing Samuel was told. He's not angry at you. He's angry at God in you. It's hard for us sometimes when, when we see the anger. But it's, it's God in you. It, and pride. Pride is keeping the church from moving forward and seeing greater works. Pride is holding people back from really being used. Amen? From really seeing God work in you. Pride that says, I want recognition. Pride that says, it's about me. Pride that says, hey, I, I, I want notice rather than, hey, we are body working together. Look what it says in Philippians in closing. Philippians 2. You will never see God working through pride. He resists the proud. You want to do the work for work of God? You want to do the will of God? You want to see the gifts and the abilities that God's placed in you come to come to fruition? It's going to happen when you have the heart of a servant. When you can't be convicted, you can't be corrected, the Spirit of God can't work in you. What about, what about if God not only works in you, but uses somebody else to come up alongside of you and help you and work together? Oh, no, I wouldn't get, I wouldn't get credit for that. That's pride. That's not, that's not God's work. That's not, 
That's not what God's church is about. Philippians 2 verse 3 says, let nothing. Somebody say nothing. Let nothing be done through strife or vain glory. Check your motives. What you're doing, do it for God. It's amazing to me when I see somebody kind of back up on doing the will of God, trying to be a blessing, trying to be a help. Say, what was your, what was your intention? Why, why did you start doing that? I, I, I did it for God. I did it to glorify Him. I did it, well, praise God, keep doing it for that. Not through vainglory or strife, but in lowliness. Hear this. Now, this, this ought to challenge you. I, I really want to just... I want you to look at this. I, I want everybody's attention on this. In lowliness and humility, right? In lowliness of mind. Praise God. Not what you look like on the outside, but inside you're saying, I'm still so much better than you. Uh-uh. Lowliness of mind. Listen. Let each esteem other better than themselves. To look around the church, amen, and hold more value in others than yourself. That's the heart of God. When you think put yourself in a higher value than everybody else around you, that's pride. That's just, that'll, that goes before a fall. That haughty spirit goes before a fall. Pride goes before destruction. Let in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better. Than, if you look around and after, after church you're going home and talking about how dumb everybody else is, how, how they messed up and how they're wrong, and, you know, you did everything just so awesome. Oh, if, you would, if anybody would have just seen how great you... Come no, on now. Esteem others. Find value in others better than yourselves. I understand we all like to be appreciated. But that's not why we do what we do. We do it unto the Lord. Whatsoever your hand finds to do, do it heartily. Do it with all your heart as unto the Lord. Because the Lord is the one who's going to reward you. Amen. You're looking for your reward? That pride wants its reward now? You've got your reward. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. There's a lot of attributes of Jesus. The fruit of the Spirit are his character, his nature. So many other things that we would say to say this is how amazing Jesus is. But probably the number one thing that I'm sure most of us would say, what is just the opposite, the complete opposite of the character of Jesus, it's pride. God himself came down from glory, robed himself as a servant. You go on in this chapter, we're going to close here, but in Philippians it talks about taking on the mind of Christ. Being like a servant. Not taking on your reputation, not what people think about me. You're not always going to be appreciated, church. We appreciate you, but there's going to be times where, where you're very much underappreciated in this world. The Bible says they hated Jesus, they're going to hate you. There's going to be times you feel so you love a lot and you're not loved back a lot. And pride says, I don't deserve that, I'm done. 
but ministering and doing it unto God says, you know what, you gotta, you're going to have your reward in heaven. Can we bow our heads in prayer? I said, God's going to reward you for your labors. You didn't come into the kingdom of God to do God's will. For your glory. You came for Him. For God's will. For God's plan in your life. But pride tries to slip into all of us. And a lot of times, when we're hurt, a lot of times when we are not appreciated, sometimes even attacked, and it's not fair. It's not right. In our flesh, it hurts. But don't forget why you serve, why you love, why you give. Why you love people. Jesus understands He loved this whole world. He came unto His own. His own received Him not. But there is, there is a reward. There is a, a reward in heaven for you. Oh, help me, God, not to be proud, but to humble myself and keep serving, loving, ministering for your kingdom. God's got to work for every one of us. God's got a place in his body that's important. But every one of us, church, I'm telling you, I have to look at my own self. Regularly, Lord, help me not to be proud in my, my place in your kingdom, God. Help me not to be self-important. Help me to, to serve with a heart. We quoted it, I believe, sometime this past weekend. I think it may have been Sunday evening. When I've done all that I can do, let me just say, Lord, I'm just an unprofitable servant. I'm just an unprofitable servant doing this, what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm not expecting anything in return, God. I'm just, this is what I do because I live for you, God. This is what I do because I'm your child. Oh, yes. church sometimes it's sometimes you're hurt sometimes it's not fair sometimes it's you hate it for the kingdom of God's sake persecuted every breath that I take every moment I'm awake church and I'm worshiping him, it's for him. Not because of how good my day went, not because of my mood, but because he's good. Every moment I'm away. 
try to encourage, when I try to bless others, when I try to minister. Not for my glory, Lord, for you. And when I feel like the enemy's telling me you're just wasting your time, the devil's a liar. The devil's such a liar. I'm investing in the kingdom of God. I'm doing it as under the Lord. He said, when you've done it under the least of these, you've done it under me. Just another opportunity to be a blessing to Jesus. Just another opportunity to love Jesus. Because when you do it to the least of these, you do it for Him. Every breath that I take, every moment I'm awake, Lord, have your way in me. Oh, have your way, Lord. bit of pride in me. Think myself more highly than I ought to. Somehow think I'm above others. No. Oh no. I don't deserve to be in Lord in your kingdom, in your church. I, I'm I'm a product of your your mercy, your grace, and I thank you for every opportunity that I have to just do something. Not always easy, but God, I'm so glad I've got a place in the house of God. A place to shine your light. Hallelujah. Oh, Father, thank you. Thank you for ministering to us. Thank you for such a beautiful, beautiful picture of humility. When Jesus came and washed the disciples' feet, he said, Happy are ye when you do these things. When you just humble yourself, become a servant But pride. It'll rob you of joy. It'll rob you of your place in God's will. Help us, Lord. Help us to be humble. Hallelujah. Let's all stand. Father, thank you. Thank you so much for just your mercy, your kindness to us. Help us, I pray, Lord, that we would take this with us, examining ourselves, Lord, to... Lord, purge us from every bit of pride. Lord, help us to serve one another with love. And Lord, just continue to work, shine through us, Lord, in this world. We love you so much. I ask you, Lord, to continue to have your way. Keep your hand upon us as we travel, Lord, and just use us for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 God bless you, church.